This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Welcome everyone to the 13th episode of the MVSP. As always, it's myself, Joe Nagy, and my wonderful co-host, Brandon Worth. Brandon, how you holding up? Uh, we're just hanging in there, right? Dave, you can, only, you can only do so well. But first off, we just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who turned into the Bulldog Radio mock draft with us and Mike's and Takes. And also a big thank you to Bulldog Radio for uh, kind of administering it and being the moderator. Uh, but if you haven't cashed it out, Brandon, where can they find it? Yeah, you can find the, the mock draft on the Bulldog Radio YouTube page. Or you can also find it, we have a link already put up on our Twitter. So go find our Twitter at the MVSP, and it will be on the top of our feed. I have the pin tweet. You guys can check that out. It's pretty sweet, especially ahead of the NFL draft that we have coming up here Thursday. So, Joe, do you want to get right into that? Oh, yeah, most definitely. But as the time we're recording, it is April 22. So tomorrow will be the NFL draft. There's a lot of teams to watch out for, Brandon. We kind of tried our best as we were acting as the uh, GMs and the, and the higher-ups for the people when we were doing the mock draft. But what teams do you think we should watch out for in the draft? Yeah, there's, there's quite a few teams right now that we should be on the lookout for. I think one of the number one probably by far is the Miami Dolphins. They have been all, over, all over the trade rumors. I mean, just, just as a clean slate, not speculating anything, these, this team has three picks here in the first round, which is enough to give them a lot of rumors who they're going to pick, especially having multiple picks, unlike most, mostly every team in this first round. But there's a lot of rumors going around. There's a rumor around today that they might actually be more interested in Justin Herbert now rather than Tua mm. Tagovailoa, which was a complete contrasting view than what we heard at the beginning of January and February. But there's there's a lot of news. I mean, and it turns out that the Lions might be in talks with them at a trade for three, which is very interesting. So, and there was also a big rumor that they might be going with a lineman with their with their fifth pick, which I think is kind of oh. crazy. But I don't know. We could see anything really in this draft. I mean, anything's possible. I mean, I'm most interested because they really have upper hand on. All of the teams on the draft, they're kind of in the driver's seat because with three picks, that's very valuable. They can use that to trade for people that they want on other teams. I mean, those are very hot commodities, especially uh, in the first round. But I'm kind of interested to see if they're going to try to complement their defensive side. I mean, they have a really good chance of making it out of the – or into the playoffs with the Patriots out of the – no, not out of the question, but without Tom Brady. It's going to be a very big uh, culture swing for the Patriots. We'll see if they can be able to do anything, but – I feel like they have one of the better chances in a long time to maybe make a name for themselves and make it to the playoffs. Yeah, I think the the, the AFC East right now is just absolutely rejoicing. The Bills are going crazy right now. They have they have the division possibly in their sights as they got so close last year with Brady, and now the Patriots have a step back without Tom Brady there anymore, which we will get into his acquisition here in a minute. But the big thing with these teams is we got other teams here like the 49ers and the Patriots that they're very, they're used to winning. And obviously the, the 49ers are in a much better situation this year than the Patriots are. Have, they have returned most of their players. But, I yeah. mean, these guys still got two first-round draft picks. There's a lot of ways these guys can go, talking the 49ers at least. I mean, there's just a ton and ton of rumors going rumors all day long that we could 
make a bold prediction that the Lions might get Joe Burrow. I mean, it's literally anything's possible right now. Everything's speculation. But the main thing is with the 49ers, what they could do with their pick. They have a lot of great, great players on their team already. So they might be as committed, you could say, to finding the best player available because really they don't need the best player available. They just kind of need to plug in the rest of their pieces because this team was one one win away from a Super Bowl. And now that they got – they do have most of their players back. They did lose a guy like DeForest Buckner. But this, this team's still there. There's a lot of a lot of good pieces there. They also lost Emmanuel Sanders, which leads the number one rumors that they're going to probably take a receiver at number 13, mm-hmm. possibly somebody like CeeDee Lamb or maybe even Jerry Judy if he drops that far. But there's a lot, a lot, a lot of ways that these teams can influence each other. The 49ers have the, the 13th pick, and it, come, it can basically come down to this. Whoever's at 14 could pretty much be in the situation they have their player unlocked. 49ers throw a curveball and draft that player, and now everything's going into chaos, going back to the draft board. You're trying to figure out who you're going to pick, and it can, it can be a little overwhelming. Definitely. I'm kind of excited, though, because, I mean – for one, it's kind of a, a upside in the sports world that for something that we've been looking forward to for so long. I feel like there's going to be a lot of people uh, tuning in, trying to find out who their team's going to pick. But I'm more, not excited, but curious to see how it's going to run as well, if it's going to be over video call, if there's going to be people, I mean, in Bristol, if they're going to have uh, a select number of people or if it's just going to be kind of call-in and stuff like that. But I'm just kind of more excited or wondering what they're going to do because I haven't, I mean, I'm sure there's already, they have it figured out, but I haven't really seen anything to see what their, what their plan is for the whole structure of it. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting structure. And actually the, the funny thing is there was a, um, a, I guess you could say a rumor, I think it was confirmed or whatever, but it was just something that kind of made everything just kind of seem pretty chaotic. What they're trying to do is that they try to do like a mock simulated draft where, they were making sure all the technology worked earlier in the week just in case something goes wrong on Thursday. They can figure it out. But it turns out that the the first overall pick in that virtual draft that these guys were simulating actually did not turn out that well. It seemed like it glitched out. So there's a lot of, you could say, some anxiety with a lot of these, these tech guys. And some guys have even, like some teams, GMs, have actually even hired tech people to come and make sure everything's working throughout their draft. And I think it was um, the 49ers GM, John Lynch. I had uh, five computer monitors and a TV screen up for his draft where um, the Bills GM actually just had his laptop. So there's a <laughs> lot of different approaches to, for this thing at home. But the, the basic, I think the basic thing that they really only need to do is they just need to tell everybody who there's, who they're picking. I'm sure that the graphics people are going to take care of it. They always do an amazing job at the normal NFL draft as well. So they'll probably have that taken care of. But I think a lot of people just need to realize that this is not going to be as eventful, as much of a display worthy type of show you could say, because really it's an entertainment type venue where a lot of people will come out for this every year where now it's just kind of, pretty much permanently put on the television and nothing really to experience in person. It's just kind of going to be a different feel. So I think we just got to respect that we really shouldn't be too much into how this thing's going to look and how it's going to be run. 
but just the fact how these teams are going to be making their picks, basically, that we should be more focused on the draft picks themselves and how that means to their team rather than the, the, yeah. the venue or basically how all these graphics are put together because it's definitely not going to be the same. No, definitely. I'm I'm just, under, just wondering what's going to happen, especially with, I mean, like you said, if there's going to be any uh, kind of hiccups, if there's going to be maybe a problem with the live stream, if there's going to be a problem with, you know, connection even. I mean, there can be a lot of people who uh, just have something go on uh, in the facilities that they're in. But, I mean, I, it's probably not going to happen. But, I mean, I'm hopefully – I'm hoping for maybe something where, like, there's guys at their home if they're going to do kind of like – not especially Zoom, but if they're going to be doing, like, maybe a video call, if there's going to be hiccups where you see, like, their kids running around or if there's going <laughs> to yeah. be things where they're in their bedroom or whatever and stuff like that. But, I mean, I'm, there's a whole bunch of possibilities. But – um. I'm just kind of excited because there's a lot of different ways that this draft can go. Like we said, uh, Miami could be using those picks for leverage over other teams trying to trade for their good players. Maybe they're trying to rework, try to get new guys in the in the game for people who are going to last a while in their franchise. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of possibilities for a lot of different teams. Yeah, and not even just the draft picks that we should be worried about as far as possibly being traded up and down. It's also other players on some of these franchise teams that's – are still Mm -hmm. almost not settled, you could say, guys. And there's even free agents still out there. We haven't been talking about, like, Cam Newton or Jameis Winston. Those guys are still on the market for teams that need a quarterback. They're still out there and available. Mm -hmm. So that can even make some sort of a, you could say, not necessarily, like, a total flip on how teams might be drafting. But you could definitely expect some teams that might not be as thrilled with the their position for drafting a quarterback in their in this draft, or maybe they want to wait a year or two and then sign somebody instead that they can, that can change their whole draft aspect. Like you, we, we might see Jameis Winston for some reason. I mean, if this is possible, but I don't think it's not going to, I don't think it's going to happen, but there, there, we could wake up in on Friday morning and there might be a trade that the Patriots sent their pick off then they got a like a defensive end in return, and then they signed Jameis instead of drafting quarterback potentially in the first yeah. or second round. Like it, it's completely possible, but the one thing that we need we just need to know is that draft picks aren't necessarily everything we should be worried about being traded because there's still a lot of players that are potentially put out on the market. You could call Leonard Fournette out as well. He's been one of those guys that's kind of mm-hmm. been advocating he might want to go. Jamal Williams we've talked about like it seems like year after year he's always kind of yeah he might get traded during this offseason might get might sign with a different team but then he always ends up staying with the Jets and then Trent Williams I believe as well from Washington he's he's been a guy that's clearly not happy in Washington but is staying for the money but if another team gives him money I'm sure he will jump ship as soon as he can but there there's just a lot of different players that can influence this draft like especially cam newton if you have a chance where cam newton says yeah i might want to go to i might want to go to the chargers and then the chargers six pick might not go to somebody like Tua or justin herbert if they fall that far but they might now take a pick that could be potentially one of the picks later in the first top 10 that now their their pick is going to be messed up because i mean you got teams down there i believe the panthers are at seven and they might need they they are going to probably pick a defensive player. Derek Brown, I believe, is the projected pick there. But 
if the Chargers went with Cam Newton as their QB and then they decided, yeah, we want to pair somebody with with Nick Bosa and then they end up or I'm sorry, Joey Bosa, Nick Bosa's for that 49ers. But with they yeah. want to pair Derek Brown with Joey Bosa and pick him. Now what are what are the Panthers going to do? They might have to go in a different direction. So Definitely should be interesting. And one team that we haven't talked too much about that we definitely will be now after the news from yesterday, Joe, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers signing Tom Brady's love of his life on the football field. Mr. Rob Gronkowski is now a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, traded from New England for a fourth-round pick. The Buccaneers also got a seventh-round pick. But, Joe, I'm a little upset that he's now a Buccaneer instead of a Detroit Lion just from that 2018 trade. I don't know about you, but I'm, 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 I'm happy for Gronk, but at the same time, I'm like, the dude wanted to be a Buccaneer over being a Detroit Lion. I mean, to be honest, though, Brandon, would you want to be a Detroit Lion if you were Rob Gronkowski? If I was Rob Gronkowski, I would definitely understand that I want to be playing with, the, with Tom Brady and only Tom Brady because he's won six Super Bowls. But it's just funny just to think without context in mind, Rob Gronkowski picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Detroit Lions. And that right there makes me upset. I mean, I would have loved that to happen. But, I mean, I don't blame him. Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski have worked so well together over the past couple years. And, I mean, Rob Gronkowski, I hope that CBD oil is working good enough for him so that way he can get back into shape and wow. ready to take the field with the Buccaneers. But, I mean, that really – I mean, it's nice to hear that he could have been a Detroit Lion. But I'm excited to see what he does in Tampa Bay. I'm excited to see what Tampa Bay does as a whole with the with the team that they have with Tom Brady, those new pickups. I mean, their offensive is going to be extremely good. I, I feel bad for the defenses that are going to have to have to play against them. But, I mean – like I said, hopefully Rob Gronkowski is back to his 100%, and that way uh, him and Tom Brady can just get back to where they were at without any hiccups. Yeah, for sure. And just on paper, this team, this team's offense just looks absolutely electric. I mean, you look at some of the past offenses Tom Brady's had. Really, his number one receiver for a long time was, in fact, Rob Gronkowski. And <coughs> recently it was back to Julian Edelman due to Gronk's retirement. And really, after Julian Edelman, you're talking guys like Amendola back a couple a couple years back before he actually became a Detroit Lion, ironically. Yeah. But, I mean, Nikhil Harry was the rookie that was kind of supposed to step in and kind of fill his role, but he, he was banged up all year. Then you got other guys. I believe they had um, – I mean, they did have Antonio Brown for, a, you could say, a brief stint to say the least, but – Besides Julian Edelman, they really did not have a top-tier target to throw to that was a wide out. I mean, obviously, their their running backs obviously picked up the slack like James White and Sony Michelle did kind of mm-hmm. in the playoff run. But Tom Brady is now throwing to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Rob Gronkowski. And you can't, and you also can put O.J. Howard in there as long as he stays healthy. He's a very great athletic tight end. And it's a very interesting situation if they're going to keep Cameron Bray, who was kind of the the double tight end package with O.J. Howard the last couple of years and kind of um, O.J. Howard's <clears throat> fill-in when he was injured for a couple of games, usually every year. But yeah, 
it'll be interesting now that they have Gronk and OJ Howard and Cameron Bray. It'll be interesting what they see, what they will do there. But it's got to be exciting down there in Tampa Bay. I mean, they had a very electric, good defense that they've started building up for the last couple of years. And now they just totally revamped and revitalized their offense. It's it's going to be exciting for the Buccaneers fans. I'm I'm, I'm 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 very excited to see that the NFC South is all changing their they're all kind of changing their culture, kind of except for the Saints. Obviously, they've been winning for a while, and that's kind of been their mo. And they're not going to be changing that with Drew Brees there. But I mean, the Panthers getting they're kind of re re you could say I wouldn't say like revamping their offense, but they're kind of reshaping it a little bit. I mean. They went and got Robbie Anderson from the Jets, and they get law. They ended up, excuse me, they end up losing Devin Funchess a little bit. So they're kind of they're kind of changing how they're looking offensively. It should be interesting. And then you also got the Falcons that went out and got Todd Gurley, kind of a bold move. And they could be a huge team that could move up in this draft. They've been talking. They've been a team that's been talking about trading up and down. They're looking for offers like crazy right now. Yeah. I think they're they're trying to get as many players as they can now that their division is literally stacked to the top. But one point I do want to make, Joe, is that the NFC South compared to the NFC East is an is just totally way way too far apart. Definitely, I, that's it's it's definitely going to be kind of a one sided battle once it comes to the playoff time. I mean. I mean, we've seen how much of it is. I mean, you have all these good players, but I mean, I just feel bad for. I just feel bad for the East, or excuse, or I just feel bad for the for the teams that just have to play these teams, like these guys that are just going to have these stacked teams, these stacked divisions when it comes to it, because it's just going to be a competition for who comes out of one of the best uh, divisions in the in the league, um, and it's going to be it's definitely going to be like those times where. Like these two really good teams have to play each other at the start because that's just how the how the cards were dealt. But I mean, I'm just kind of excited to see what the matchups are going to be come postseason as well. Yeah, like the the kind of the main point of what I was trying to get across is we're going to have like the Buccaneers and the Saints that are already high up on the NFL odds for making the NFC Championship game. Obviously, you got the 49ers that have been there already. You got the Seattle Seahawks, who are never a team that you should sleep on. Then you got the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the Green Bay Packers are as much of a threat as they were because they've kind of been on a little bit of a down skid. Not saying like they're not capable of making the playoffs, but I mean the allure that they could make it all the way is a lot, lot smaller now. Kind of their their team's kind of been dissembling itself in a bad way but then you got teams like the vikings that are always there in the picture and they're always usually a really good team that Mm -hmm. especially at the start of the season at the end it starts to get a little bit more sketchy but then we talk about the cowboys and the eagles and those teams last year battled for a playoff spot at eight and eight and it, it really just seems like on paper obviously when it comes to the championship game anything or i'm sorry the playoff game anything can happen but on paper it's just like yeah there's potentially six teams from the non-east that would make this playoff Mm -hmm. a lot more interesting but at the same time it's like 
well, we have they have to put in the Cowboys or the Eagles, and it just seems like yeah, we're putting them in just so one team can really just stop by and keep going up in the bracket. Definitely, I'm just it's it's like the it's like when you talk about uh, college football and like these stacked conferences compared to like uh, it's kind of like when um, uh, UCF wants to go to the national championship or like they want to make it to the playoffs, but their teams aren't very good. It's just yeah. like what this is going to be. I mean, there's like some divisions that aren't very stacked that are not going to be facing super great competition throughout the year. And then once they get to teams like like the Buccaneers, like once they get to teams like the Saints, the Falcons, and like these teams that have been playing a tough conference all year, it feels like there's not going to be any competition really. Yeah, that's that's a great example. But I, I it'll be interesting. I mean, that new playoff, that new playoff format is there too. So that can make even more speculation, mm-hmm. but. It'll just be very interesting to see. Um, kind of changing gears a little bit, staying in the NFL, but um, I'm sure a lot of you guys have saw the new uniforms that some of these NFL teams have put out. And I have my opinions. I know, Joe, you have your opinion. And I'm sure all the people have their own opinion. But what do you think of some of these teams' new uniforms? I can definitely tell you that the Sandy, that the, not Sandy, but the Chargers have won. Their I their would, uniforms are are so clean. Just every, each one, each uh, each one that they have. I mean, they only have. You can see if you go on the website that I'm looking at, they have each one of their colorways, each one of their uh, possibilities that they can go for. And each match that they have, even when they switch up uh, tops and the bottoms, each one is just so well put together. And they, I give a big ups for their for their. Uh, I don't know what team they would have to accredit the the designing to, but they I feel like they won the best. I mean, if we talked about Atlanta Falcons jerseys in the uh, mock draft stream, um, you know, the white ones are kind of growing on me a little bit. Those ones are pretty good, but the Falcons, I feel like, lost. Along with the Buccaneers, the Buccaneers have a weird muddish brown-looking color. And like They have, like, a weird, like, it's just it just doesn't look very good, especially with the Atlanta – Along with Atlanta, I just feel like Atlanta and the uh, the Buccaneers kind of lost the the Jersey game so far. Okay. Yeah, I would I would hundred percent agree with you that I think the Chargers have put out, like you said, they're super clean. I think that's the perfect perfect word to describe them. It's just like everything has its place in their uniforms, which just makes them that much better. I'm actually I'm really curious to see what they're gonna put. Like um, just just under the helmet, usually they have the NFL logo there because there's there, it always seems like there's always like a really big logo that they usually put there. I mean, at the the Falcons kind of put the the ATL right underneath um, uh, on top of the numbers, and the Chargers kind of went without that. But it would it would have been kind of been interesting if they would have put like LA or something there. I feel like that would have made it look kind of different. But overall, like the colors. And just the style they put it together, I think it's really unique. I think it's cool. And a lot of people actually, like, are kind of hating on the the helmets with the number on, on the helmet. I kind of like that, I, to be I honest. I do, too. I actually kind of like it. I think it's different. I think it's cool that they're, they're kind of putting themselves apart. But I, I, I really like that they put the, the bull on the shoulder pad. That's just an iconic thing they need to keep going. 
But the na- the all navy actually is very intriguing. That one looks really good. Yeah, like I didn't with the with the outline of the of the yellow. There's not really any solid uh, accents. I mean, it's mainly, yeah. mainly just the navy blue. But I feel like they did a really good job with that. Yeah, that one, especially their uh, their royal blue color as well. Yeah, that one is actually really interesting. But um, yeah, talking about obviously you brought up Atlanta. That's probably been the number one talked about, just because. They kind of, I wouldn't, you can't, I wouldn't say blow it. They didn't blow it, obviously. Like, these things aren't hated across the world. And actually, a lot of the players for the Falcons actually kind of like them. So, it's it's kind of interesting to, to see the player's perspective. Because, I mean, ultimately, it's going to come down to the team because they're wearing them. They don't care yeah. what we think. Um, I mean, obviously, they do, but it, they're the ones wearing them. But, um. I do like the whites. The whites are very – they look very, very clean. The all whites. But the black the black and the gradient, I don't really like too much. Yeah. Um, the gradient is just I, – I don't want to say it's too much, but it's – I don't know if we're like – I don't know if we're there yet. I mean, I don't I, – I love the, the gradient idea on you that some teams usually put on like basketball uniforms because then they'll kind of like mesh it to the shorts and stuff, which the Falcons did here. But I don't, I I guess the gradient isn't really something that is really truly appealing in football uniforms. And I think that's just because that's how, especially because, because I mean, most of the jerseys now they're supposed to be tight. They're supposed to be form fitting to the pads. So when you have all these kind of bulges coming out from the pads, especially around the chest area, and I mean the shoulders too, it kind of creates an uneven gradient because, like you said, with basketball, there's nothing under the shirt mm-hmm. and the shorts as well. It's just a straight – there's not really – I mean, there's wrinkles, but there's nothing that kind of makes it a contorted look that much, especially with – I mean, like I said, with the football jerseys, they, the pads don't really make a good accent for the gradient because it makes it just kind of an uneven surface and it makes it just doesn't look very well. Yeah. I th- well, well made, I guess you could say. Yeah. I, I, I could definitely see the point there, but, yeah, I kind of just lost my train of thought here. Oh, okay. Now we're back. <laughs> oh, we're back. Okay. What what I was going to say is the how these football uniforms were kind of originally created. They're, the NFL kind of made them all kind of similar when they first made them. Uh, and you, you obviously, like, if you go to any sort of football game, if it's college, if it's NFL, if it's high school, if it's little – peewee like um yeah um pop warner thing i was trying to think of that it's my bad but like all the all of the uniforms that you kind of see when from these teams they all kind of have like a similar look i mean obviously they're not all going to look the same but it's kind of just like that the football uniform just has its own shape that's kind of its own where it's got like there's only so much that you can change to be unique exactly that that was perfect there's always, I mean, everyone has about the same looking jersey. They always have kind of an accent on the shoulders. They either have their logo on the shoulders as well or their, or either the NFL logo. They always either have either the NFL logo on near like the neck area where it comes down. And then they always have big numbers and they really can't do much other than that. I mean, the only thing they really have up for changing is the helmet. And I guess you could say the number and the font that they use, but. I mean, there's only so much that you can change to be different. 
that I feel like some teams try to push that boundary too far mm-hmm. and they make it so that they try to be look different, but it just does not look just doesn't really look good in the end run. I mean you've seen we've seen that with Atlanta and their gradient. But I mean the white ones have grown on me. The black ones they're kind of starting to a little bit. I mean I don't like them too much. I just hope that they if they do that they keep with it either being all white or all black. Because I've seen in this picture that they have they have the white tops with the black bottoms and the black tops with the white bottoms. And they have a, a red, red uh, pants yep. with their white tops. I, I don't really particularly like that look too much, but if they go with it, I hope they just stay with the all whites or all blacks because I, I feel like those two are going to be the best. They're kind of the lesser of the two evils you could say, but I mean, I, I mean, you can't really put dog Atlanta too much because they do have a couple of good jerseys in there, but, um, you can definitely tell Chargers and even the Patriots too. The Patriots look good as well. The the Chargers and the Patriots, I kind of feel like, uh, kind of won this one. Yeah, the Patriots ones are. I mean, they're they're not like terrible at all per se. I I guess I was just I was expecting different. I'm not saying that they're they're bad. I, they're actually pretty good. I was I was kind of expecting them to kind of re. I wouldn't say vamp it. I'm not really revamp it, but I thought they were going to try like a new style, but they kind of kept it similar, which I mean, it it makes sense. That's kind of been the Patriot look for how long now, but um, yeah, for years, but I I noticed that um, I believe it was um, Teddy Bruschi, a legendary linebacker that he brought up the idea of bringing back the, the vintage um, blue tops that had the, the Patriot coming over the shoulder. Yeah. The Minutemen uniforms. I feel like that'd be kind of a, a unique throwback if they brought that back. I definitely, if they did that, my dad would love it. My dad <laughs> loves those uh, old jerseys. Nice. But should the Patriots have had a red uniform? I, no. I feel like. Because be... red hasn't really been their main color. It's always been an accent. It's always been, they're, I mean, they're supposed to kind of resemble USA, their Patriots. I mean, they kind of got to resemble that. But I feel like if they did a red uniform, it wouldn't. It wouldn't look. I feel like they look too much like the Chiefs, to be honest. Yeah, I I could see that. I I was just curious because I heard I've heard that question a lot on like Twitter feeds and stuff. Is if they should have gotten another color, like a red. Which I, I'm not like the red uh, throwbacks that they wore a couple times that have that that old school helmet. Those aren't bad at all. Like I'm not gonna be upset if they they put those out there. But I mean. The Patriots kind of they they changed the look when they kind of they kind of just simplified it to kind of a mo- more modern look that we see today. And I'm not I'm not mad. Those they actually look pretty pretty good, pretty clean. But it's a it's a refreshing change without kind of going over the top. Yes, that's perfect. But the Browns are this the the Ugh. one team we haven't talked about. And Joe, I'm actually gonna I'm kind of like their dinner new uniforms and here's why i i i like them because they're kind of bringing back that that little old school look but they're also keeping the modern at the same time like the uniforms that they got um i believe it was back was it 20 i'd have to double check here but i believe it was like 20 
2015 or something. No, not 2015. It would have been like 2017 when they got the uniforms they have yeah. now. I know, I know what yeah, you yeah. mean, though, yeah. Where they got the orange and the, the brown and the white, and they have, like, the single stripe on the shoulder pad, the ones that they've been wearing the last couple of years. But I actually kind of like the uniforms they had before. I mean, it was a it was kind of a cool change, and I think that the the fans actually kind of liked it that they brought back that sort of look. I I actually really like the stripes on the shoulder pads and the the socks. I think that's a really nice unified touch there, because like the the pants that they had before that just kind of had um they had like the single I think it was like the single stripe and then it had Cleveland on the other side or something. Those ones just kind of yeah. like. It, it felt like it was just really, it was kind of too plain just to my eyes, but I know I, I like them more than I know you do. And I guess what is your take? I, I like the white tops. I, I've never been a fan of the Browns this colorway. I don't like Brown on jerseys. It doesn't even matter what sport you're okay. in. I mean, you look at the Padres when they had their yellow and Brown colorways mm-hmm. and it literally looked like, they had poop on their jerseys. I'm not even <laughs> trying to get sugar coated. It looked like they had poop on their jerseys. And I don't like – the brown, I feel like, just doesn't look good. I do like the orange and white, but I don't like the brown too much. But I do say they're white – when they have the white tops on, it does look pretty clean. But when they have the brown, if you have seen the one where they have the uh, the brown top, mm-hmm. it just doesn't – Are you talking the, that the all brown set or just the brown top with the white pants or either? Both. Oh, okay. The brown set and the brown top. I feel like if they stay with the white, I wouldn't mind it too much. I just I just never been a fan of the Browns' colorway too much. Yeah. I, I'm a really big fan of them bringing the the white tops with the the brown pants back actually, which I'm I'm not I'm more of kinda like you where I kinda like the unified look, but I I, I like the, the I think here's what I'll say. I think that the brown tops with the white pants bring out more of a a vibrant look compared to the all brown because the all brown just kind of it's all brown it has that that, that is kind true of, that i will give you that look that you're kind of you were kind of explaining there which i can relate with i mean obviously they they sort of liked it last year obviously the fans voted for the all brown to be the the color rush, which I'm okay. I mean, if that's what they, if that's what fans want, that's okay. I'm not a Browns fan. I'm not really going to complain, but the all white does look pretty good that they brought the Brown numbers back. I'm actually kind of a fan of the Brown or the Brown numbers just because the, the orange numbers that they used to have didn't bring out that much on the uniform. They were just kind of, it kind of just seemed like everything was kind of too blendy, I guess, but that was kind of, that was yeah. kind of more at the all brown though too. So it, it, it sounds like we're both pretty much not fans of all brown. So we have our but yeah. it's it's not too which, bad. But would you rather take either. the the Tampa Bay charcoal combo over the all brown for the Browns? Ugh, that's lit. I hate that so much. Don't like the. I don't like the all no the charcoal looks disgusting. I'd rather take okay. the Browns. I'd rather That's take the Browns to be honest because that the brown kind of looks great, but the charcoal just doesn't suit. Yeah, well. and I do have one comment on the Buccaneers uniforms: the fact yeah. they didn't bring back the creamsicle ones makes me a little upset. Those things need to get back on the field. We've been missing those uniforms too much. Those need to be the official Tampa Bay Buccaneers throwbacks. I want them back. 
They're the most pretty much iconic NFL throwback uniform if you think about it. But I do, I do kind. Of... I just pulled it up, Brandon, and I, I partially agree with you, but I what? partially don't at the what same do you mean? time. Those are the those are the greatest. I bet you if you ask any Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, they would agree with me that the cream sickles need that to come true. back. I, I, I can't. I, agree I, I will that, admit but... that when you like, if somebody that doesn't follow sports just kind of looks them up, and you're just like, oh, why in the world would you bring those back? I don't mind the I don't mind the helmet too much if they bring yeah, back the that. Old, but... I really like that that old school look. I know a lot of other people do, especially the Buccaneers fans. But they kind of look like Tennessee. That's what they it look does like. look. They it look does like look Tennessee. A bit like Tennessee, but honestly, like looking at the Buccaneers uniforms, they're they're not. They they did a good job. Like they simplified it pretty well to the the, the old school uniforms that they had back in the early two thousands when they won the Super Bowl, but. I mean, it's kind of like they you really want to know like what the decision was to make the new uniforms because obviously like the new uniforms they had, a lot of people were kind of like uh, kind of like the reaction like the Falcons uniforms got where it's just yeah. kind of like, whoa, that's way different. Why'd you guys do that? So it's kind of, they did simplify it. But then they kind of try to twist in a little bit of a, a modern type of colorway with the all charcoal, which I mean, I I will agree with you on that, Joe. I not a big fan of the all charcoal, but I do like the red with the 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 you could call it the charcoal or gray pants or, but the all white. I mean, all white really just looks clean for any or any sort of uniform unless it's like really messed up, but. It should be interest. It should Definitely. be interesting to see that the Buccaneers have those uniforms, and there's obviously going to be probably new uniforms coming out for the Rams as well that we'll probably have to talk about. Because I mean, I'm assuming that they're going to be making uniforms within the next year, just because of the rebranding. So we'll see. Yep. But it it'll be it's fun to talk about uniforms just because that's something that we we often don't get to talk about on the show even though that's kind of one mm-hmm. of the iconic things in sports is you remember more players you remember uniforms you remember teams as much as you remember like games in particular or seasons mm-hmm. or any of those sort of things but yeah it should be interesting um, the Definitely. Cardinals, I believe, do need a new uniforms or new uniform set soon. I think that they're way overdue. That I I don't actually know how long that they've had those uniforms. I want to say it's old. It's been since like Kurt Warner was playing. Yeah, I believe they've had those uniforms for over fifteen years for sure, which is kind of crazy to think because a lot of teams are starting to like change them every like five to ten years. And then maybe if you're the, 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 wow, I just totally blank. We literally just talked about them. The Browns changing them every like two years, it seems like now. But I think the Cardinals need new uniforms. The Lions? The Lions could, I don't really know what the Lions would do because they really can't. I don't either. Experiment too much. I mean, they have the, they have the baby blue. With the, or I guess you could say, baby, but I'm not sure the exact it's Honolulu. name it's, for the color. I believe it's. Oh, it's Honolulu. Yeah, Honolulu. Yeah, blue. technically Honolulu blue. 
it's the white, the Hanglu blue, and the silver mm-hmm. is our our colors. Yes. And we've experimented with the helmets. You know, we've seen where we just have the all silver helmets without the decal on them. But there's not really much we can do with our jerseys, to be honest. Because I mean, we have we have had all the white jerseys with or the main whites, and then we've had the Honolulu blue ones. But I feel like if we tried to make an alternate, I don't know what color. Yeah, make that's. It. I think that's just a a big time just bummer about Detroit sports is we we like to have the the old old classic look with and I'm not saying like obviously the uniforms like the Lions have that are not like classic they're not like throwbacks or anything they're not as iconic uniforms you could say as like the Packers or like the 49ers where they're they kind of have that that old school look that they're going to keep forever just because that's kind of like the that's the visionary like visionary display that you see when you hear the like the 49ers you think of the throwback the classics that's kind of the way it's meant to be but it's like like I guess more this kind of more relates to the Detroit Tigers is like they have the old English D, and they have the 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 orange. Um, I don't actually know what the font what the the font is or whatever, but like the different you know, like there's the different font, obviously. Yeah. But like I kind of want to know if they would ever make like just a navy alternate, like not even like another uniform, but almost just kind of do kind of like what the the Chicago Cubs do, where they have their they have their all blue, and then it just has the the Cub C on one of the on the yeah. chest. Where that's there was a uh, there was a really good uh, uh, colorway that I saw the other day. I was just kind of scrolling through, and she's like this guy who just kind of did like possibilities. And it was a Detroit one. It was like an all navy blue with white uh, cursive Detroit across the front, and then uh, with like the navy blue uh, socks and like the white stirrups and then it had just like the navy blue hat with the white d yeah. the old english d and i i thought those look really clean i feel like they could really use yeah, those but totally i mean it just kind of depends because we haven't really had an alternate jersey right. for years I, I i mean just just going off the jersey you're described like yeah i would totally be down for that it's just a lot of a lot of teams are doing like you talk about like the marlins dude that have like how many uniforms like five or six at least, and we will not even bring up the collegiate Oregon Ducks because they have about a thousand yeah. combinations. But just like it would be cool to have another jersey, just because it's like I won't, I don't want to say I like the classic idea, but it's just kind of boring when it's like, yep, they're wearing white because it's home, and they're wearing gray because it's away. Like that's that's just it. Definitely, like, I don't think that they should make like an orange all orange kind of thing like some of the other teams have kind of experimented with with all one color or whatever and i was like "Mm, that's probably not it chief but i mean i'm up for anything if it's an orange jersey with white pants or it's that blue combo or navy combo you were talking about i'm all for it i think they should get another uniform just to kind of have just to throw out on occasion so it's not just the same thing over and over and over again we've had for the last how many years but yeah but, Brandon, I think that will be a good segue into our next topic. ESPN has put out a master class of a documentary, giving these sports oh, world yes. fans a little bit of a glimpse and a little bit of a relief from this kind of lull in the sports world. But The Last Dance, a documentary about 
the six-time NBA champions of Chicago Bulls with that dynasty with Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan. Um, it gives us a really good idea of what kind of went on behind the scenes, kind of the problems that we didn't know what were going on, especially kind of Jordan's opinion on it, Scottie Pippen's opinion on it, and uh, kind of how the Bulls were faced with the ultimatum that their last, their last championship year was kind of last year that they were going to be together because Jerry Krause, the uh, GM, kind of made it that way. He wasn't going to sign on Phil Knight uh, for another year. and Michael Jordan didn't want to play again. Uh, under another coach other than Phil Knight. And, uh, I mean, the problems with Scottie Pippen's contract, there's so much stuff. But Brandon, Dude, what's your I, opinion on it? I absolutely enjoy watching documentaries like this. I absolutely love the behind-the-scenes, all the whole nine yards. I love hearing about the, the administration, the management. I mean, not just because that might be something I might go into for a, an occupation, but – just hearing the behind the scenes is something we don't get to hear and see very often. And just the relationships, like I actually have never really truly known how much Jerry Krause and Michael Jordan did not get along. And it's pretty obvious that they did not. If you watch the first two parts of the documentary, but there was, there's a rumor that he was the inspiration for the, uh, in space jam, he was the inspiration for the, uh, the Probably. mean alien guy <laughs> that, uh, that made them come as the inspiration for it. That. That, that, I, I kind of chuckled about that, that a little bit. The main takeaway that I really found from this, I did post this on my Twitter and I got a lot of likes from it, was that Scottie Pippen was so underpaid, dude. So underpaid. Ridiculously. It's, it's, it feels like they just undercut yeah, him. They rocked I, him. I don't know how. With that contract. Okay, so... Seven, seven, what was it? Seven years. That was for 18 his extension million? that he signed. Yes, that's ridiculous. I don't for the for the for the number Pretty two much, player in yeah. the NBA. And this is the crazy thing is he made, I believe it was, I believe he was drafted in '88, correct? Was it '88? He was on, yeah, some sometime yeah, around. I'm not like sure that, about but, the specific Anyway, his, but, yeah. like his first registered true non rookie contract for the Bulls. Like, I believe it was 90 and 91, I believe it was. But he didn't even make a million dollars, which that's respectable. The dude's young. They haven't won anything yet. But to think that he only gained two more million a year after winning his sixth championship, dude, that's absolutely 100% getting robbed. I mean, crazy. And, and when. They were, they were talking about how he shouldn't have accepted it, but I mean, when you come from a situation, he was he was in a poor family. I mean, he had a lot of brothers and sisters. His they weren't very well off. So when he had to, his reasoning for it was he wanted to provide for the people that he that he needed to provide for, and he wasn't going to risk arguing for more money um, with either maybe getting cut from the team, traded, not being able to play basketball anymore. And I feel like he was. He was faced with an ultimatum. I mean, I'm not sure if it's happened, but he's faced with an ultimatum where it's either you take this contract or you're not a Chicago Bull anymore. When I think he was not only scared of losing uh, the opportunity to play on the Bulls, but like like he said, he was scared of not being able to provide for those people that uh, yeah, he needed to provide I, for. I would, And the thing is, we would have probably did the same thing if we were in his shoes. And the documentary did a great job of just showing how much like Scottie Pippen was not – he was not this guy like LeBron where 
he wasn't this guy coming out of high school. Yeah, this guy's going to be a legend. He's the number one player in high school. He's going to be the number one player in college if he ends up doing it, which we all know he didn't. And then he ends up being the number one pick. He's the best rookie. He's the best player upcoming. Then he becomes an all-star. He he didn't – Scottie Pippen did not have that glory road that guys like LeBron had. And yeah, even MJ, a... really. I mean, obviously the high school situation where – where he was cut from his uh, JV team in high school, but then he ends up being one of the best players at North Carolina, wins a championship, and then ends up getting drafted number three. But yeah, I, I mean, even so, he was in a NA, yeah, and NA he started as a manager. A lot of people didn't even know that. Yeah, he was he was a six foot tall <laughs> manager, and he 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 had to basically yeah, beg for a trial. The, the only reason he truly got it was because. Guys were losing scholarships when he put, and yeah, and he he would practice with the team because they needed guys to fill in when they because he was the manager and that's really the only reason why and he ended up luckily he hit a growth spurt where it shot him up to I think it was what yeah, six he, seven he six, ended eight. up growing like four inches over a summer I believe is what they quoted in the in the film but it's it's insane dude just and the fact he was drafted in the first round from an NAIA school is almost absolutely unheard of now in our day and age yeah. but it, it's cool just the fact that he's kind of an inspiration that you don't need to be the lebron james you don't need to get all the film attention the all this hot hype this highlight reel kind of person where you can still be i mean the dude has more championships than lebron and that's the ultimate that's the ultimate goal in the NBA, yeah. right <clears throat> yeah, yeah to win championships but he was in my opinion, he was under. He should. He deserved so much more money. I mean, we weren't around to see that type of play. But when I talked to like my brother, and my dad, those guys who were alive and in the thick of it and stuff, they talked about how good of a duo they were, how good Scottie Pippen was. He was what second. He was number one on the Bulls for assists, number number two for scoring, number two for rebounds. Uh, what was it? Number three for uh for or number one on for the steals. Team? Yeah. Yeah, on the team, and like he was high up there on the throughout yeah. the league for those categories. He, and when you look at it, the Bulls got a steal by by having him accept that much. But it's also kind of a a little bit of a slap to the face to him too, because they it it seems like they just don't appreciate yeah. what he brought to the and team. Just the fact that you can say like uh, Luke Longley made more money in that '98 season than Scottie Pippen did. Even though Scotty has literally four times the amount of accolades and is by far like not even comparable to Luke Longley in ability and just success in basketball, that's just pretty crazy to wrap your mm-hmm. mind around. But in the end, though, it is it is nice that he ended up getting paid. It was sad it wasn't in a Bulls uniform, but he ends up doing a, a stint with the Rockets very briefly for a year, and then he ends up going to Portland where he got paid in the the 01 and 02 seasons where he made over $18 million. But it, it was sad that that had to come to that. But in the end, you're glad he got yeah, paid. But in the but... end, you're still mad that he wasn't a bull when he got paid. So but Definitely. And I think, Brandon, to close out the episode, some good news for sports fans. Some long, oh, yes. long-awaited uh, possibilities that – that might be the the end of the sports drought, but Robert Manfred, the uh, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, ex- says he expects baseball to return in 2020 
very excited for that, as well as the state of Florida are dubbing sports entertainment an essential service. So the possibility, Brandon, could sports be that played it in is Florida? It is truly a possibility, and obviously it's not like we're, it's not like the Miami Heat are going to be playing on like Mar- or May 1st. It's, it's not going to be one of those situations. And the number one thing I found across with this article is that these teams are not going to play like at, even though they were essential, the state says that they can because of the, um, I, it's, it's not necessarily a law. It's kind of like the, um, I, I can't think of the word off the top of my head, but basically, basically with implication and kind of content reading into, they found that in fact, the, the entertainment side is essential for the Miami economy, which found that the, that's the sports entertainment, like, WWE, MLB, NBA, NFL are all essential because they help the economy. But at the same time, I don't think we're going to see them just, oh, yeah, we're going to start playing because we can't. I think they're going to start when the same teams do. So it's just it's interesting to see. I'm a lot of I'm sure there's going to be a lot of um, different sports that are going to be checking this out that aren't really like liable to a lot of the bigger brands like that like MLB mm-hmm. and MOB like WWE for example would I'm sure Dana White is definitely going to jump on that train to get to Florida if that means getting matches and WrestleMania and all of those sort of big ticket events in Miami and Tampa Bay and Jacksonville yeah. all these big cities in in Florida but that leaves possibility too for I mean Major League Baseball could be playing on those uh, spring training fields, those spring training facilities, yeah, possi- sure. that's possibility. Just like we were talking but about, like, where's I'm, the possibility when we talked in our last show about them doing it in Arizona? Like, this might just be a, a year-long spring training. I mean, that could be that could be a possibility. Yeah, and there's a lot of different factors I might go into. I mean, there's possibility without fans. There's maybe a certain number of people. I mean, maybe you'd have to sit, you know, maybe four or five seats apart. You'd have you'd see a lot less people in the stadium, even if uh, like if they have to be spread out and not near each other. But I mean, I I know it sounds selfish, but I just want sports back really bad. I don't care how they do it; I just want it back. Uh, but you know, you you kind of just wish that they want you want them to find a solution as quick as possible that's going to be beneficial for everyone, that's going to be safe for everyone. But at the same time, you're just you're just itching to have that sports back in your life and being able to to go out and just watch those sports games and you know or just go to the go to go to a restaurant and watch the game on TV while you're while you're eating a good meal and stuff like that but i mean i just want it back brandon oh, i i know boy, you want it back I want too it back so bad right now it's just how many people are itching i know that it's going to be sports are going to be more appreciated than ever after this this drought is over but it, it it just leaves you to a point where you want them to come to a solution that's going to be safe and effective for everyone, but you don't know when that's going to happen. And that's kind of stressful yeah, for definitely. a lot of sports and I think the main point that we're that the reason that like Joe and myself are saying this so badly is because we, we are, we are kind of the, the hillbillies of the state of Michigan. We live in central Michigan where we're kind of, we're kind of stranded here. We don't, 
I'm, yeah, I'm surrounded I, I by farm fields right now. I am literally kitty-cornered four ways by farms. I'm in the middle of Farm Fest, Michigan. You can look it up. No, I'm just kidding. Don't actually look it up. But, um, <laughs> but the just we, we're here in quarantine where we need something that can inspire us, bring us to the point where we can be kind of happy with the situation we're in and not just kind of struggling to pieces where we have something to look forward to like the NFL draft, look forward to like these, these upcoming like big ticket events for sports that we are pretty much missing now that we're in quarantine, like March madness and all that and so forth, where we're kind of resorting to non-sport methods, which to, for us, we, we don't accept as well. Like I'm not, I know, I know Joe, I probably would agree with this, but I wouldn't go sit down and watch like five hours worth of movies in one sitting. I'd rather watch a full documentary just because of, I, it's just, it's mm-hmm. just the way we, we enjoy ourselves. So we need this back. Mm-hmm. So we, we just need everybody to hang in there and get outside. We can s- Yep, just, just a little, just bit, a little longer. bit longer. We get through this you know? together. We can all be together. We can celebrate. We can move this behind us, and we can enjoy life again as long as we do it together. But I think Brandon, that's gonna close it out for the episode today. Thank you so much for tuning in to us. Uh, don't forget to check into the NFL draft tomorrow, uh, April twenty third, as well as uh, if you want, check out the YouTube video with us going to the mock draft. Uh, we might be having a uh, recap Ooh, yes. episode on Friday. Uh, that'll be on Twitch TV uh, forward slash bold Twitch TV forward slash Bulldog Radio. Uh, we'll try to keep you guys updated if that's going to happen. But Brandon, I think it was a good show today. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in once again. We'll be back next week with a new episode, new topics, yes, and get it back to you guys.